Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Let's get into God's Word. This is our last part of the sermon series today and transformed and also it is the last day of the 21 days of fasting. Somebody holler out there. Now, hold on a second. How many of you are planning to keep and continue that kind of a lifestyle? Raise your hand. Look around real quick. Just look around. Everyone who does not have a hand raised up, just look around. Now, don't feel convicted. Say, I see half up, half mass hands. But, but, I, but I do know, but I do know that there are so many great benefits that have come out of this. Your prayer life, your, your sensitivity to God's spirit. And you know when you're disciplined in one area, uh, it starts spilling over to other areas. And so I believe that you started off the year right. You honored God. The reason why we do the 21 days of fasting is to, number one, to decrease in ourselves and let God increase in our life, to honor God, to give him the first fruits of the year. And because if you've done that, stay focused. That's the whole purpose of today's sermon. That's where we're going to. We're going to talk about that today. Psalms 34, verses 2 through 8. Psalms 34, verses 2 through 8. Are you ready? All right, let's do this. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. He's calling for unity. He's calling for a place in the scripture where we recognize that God can be bigger in our life than what he has perceived right now. Magnification is not necessarily making the object of your, of your vision bigger because we can't make God bigger, right? We can't make God bigger. God is everywhere. God is omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. God is everywhere. But you see, but from our perspective, if we begin to focus on him, then we realize that God is bigger in our life than we realize and he is bigger than our problems. So David says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. So exaltation or lifting up the name of Jesus makes God bigger in your life, not physically, but mentally. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So David, in in placing this, he says, and they looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. And the poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. So everything there is past tense. So David had trouble. David had a past. David had a past. I don't know one person in here that's ever not gone through anything. But the good part of Christianity, since the new covenant we have with Jesus Christ, is that Christians don't have a past, they just have a future, right? Because our sins have been forgiven, but we still have experiences that are still fresh in our minds, failures, mistakes. And I don't know if one person that's perfect in this building, I don't know if anybody that has it all together, 
but David said, he delivered me. And so he said, he delivered me. I cried to him. He answered me. And then he says, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, and this is, here it is now. You ready? Oh, taste. Say that with me. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Now, you may be asking yourself, how can you taste the Lord? When you taste God, it is through experience. In your spirit, man, and in your soul, in your thoughts, in your emotions... And whatever you feel in your spirit and whatever you feel in your soul, your body will respond to those very emotions and those very feelings that you have in his presence. And there is nothing like tasting of God's goodness in our life. There is nothing about that comes close. This Sunday morning, we're going to be directed toward the subject of desiring God, desiring God and remaining consistent desiring God and remaining consistent because during this 21 days of fasting we have started to create new habits and most of you have already built up a new prayer life and become consistent with that we're going to end it with a sermon and a lesson with God's grace to teach us how to keep that change how to keep that change and watch things evolve around that God's going to do something great for you in 2019. It's just beginning. It's just beginning. Okay, now it's your turn. Pray for the service. Pray that God would bless me. I'm telling you, I receive it right now. Pray that God would anoint me. You don't want to hear from Pastor Bobby. You don't want to hear from Bobby Rivera. You want to hear from Jesus. Lord Jesus, I receive it today. Anoint me, dear God. Touch us. Touch every heart in this building that's ready to receive from your word. God, we thank you for what you're going to do today and thank you that you are so faithful. You have never failed us and you're here with us every single day. Today we receive the goodness of God, the great things of God, and we will bless you in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen if you believe that. Give God one more hand clap of honor. Adore him in ovation. He deserves it. Amen. Now turn to somebody and tell them you're going to keep the changes. You're going to keep the changes, and you can be seated this Sunday morning. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for worshiping with us. I know that, I know that a lot of people believe, and you've heard this before, that it takes 21 days to adopt or to create a habit in your life that's the old saying it takes 21 days um i used to believe that but then i realized if that was the fact then i would have kept last year's fasting all year long and the year before that and the year before that i've literally myself tried to go 21 days doing other things and out of pure discipline, where it was able to accomplish that, but I had no desire to keep on doing it. So I started to think about this concept, and I started checking out 
TED Talks, and I was looking around to see what other people were saying about this 21-day concept, and others have said that, you know, it takes about 60-something days to really create a habit in your life. So I started praying about this, and I started asking the Lord, you know, how and what do we need to hear, and what do we need to understand about keeping change and keeping the habits that we have in our life, the good habits, the good godly habits that change our life. Without change, your circumstances will never change. Without being consistent, your circumstances will always be the same. And as far as consistency involving the relationship with God and your faith in your mind, it all boils down to really your faith, your expectation, and, and then your actions that follow that faith. And how do you keep that consistency? So I don't believe that's true. If you do something for 21 days and you never develop a desire for it, you're going to lose your motivation. So the fault I found with myself was is that I never developed a motivation, never d developed that, that taste, that feeling of accomplishment. We can do things over and over and over and yet still be unsatisfied if we do them halfway or half-heartedly. But when you put your whole heart into it and you have faith and you have great expectancy, you're going to experience something that's going to change and shift your heart and you start tasting the victories in your life. Trust me, one taste of victory or one, one, one experience of God answering your prayers uh, it's an amazing thing when the God of eternity, the Lord that created all the heavens and the earth, the one who said, let there be, and there was, and he said it was good, the one who forgave you of all of your sins in your life, and the one who wakes up every morning by your bedside with mercy, waiting for you to step into his grace, that God, when he begins to answer your prayers, it's an amazing thing. It's an ama Have you ever had an answered prayer in your life? Come on, has God ever answered a prayer for you? Have you ever prayed for something consistently and then finally God answered that prayer? And what happened to you? What happened to your faith? What happened? Did you realize that God is real and that God really wants to, he, he really wants to bless me, but he really does love me? I know when God starts answering prayers for me, it's I'm I'm you know head over heels. I'm 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 flabbergasted. I'm 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 amazed, and I'm think to myself, who am I that God would answer me? I mean, you think about this. I tell you who you are. You are someone that has been purchased by His blood. You are someone that has been forgiven. You are a child of God, and you inherently have received the right to approach your heavenly Father as a child and place your requests before him. But as we've learned in this series, that sometimes that requires persistencies or, or an importunity in your life so we can push, be relentless, be consistent, and not give up. Push. Pray until something happens. Someone that, that's an acronym for pray until something happens, right? So, so habits. 
and creating habits and making a habit out of things requires desire. We don't do things unless we get results. In the marketing world, in the business world, it's called ROI, return on investment. For all of you business people out there and business owners, I promise you the first thing you're going to look at is what is my ROI? What is my return on investment? Am I going to invest in this and what am I going to get out of it? That's the nature of it. Well, in God's kingdom, he said, God is not mocked. Whatever a man or a woman sows, that shall they also reap. The return on God's word, I'm telling you, is, it's, it's tenfold, a hundredfold. You're going to get returns on God's word because God's word, it cannot return back void. God's word won't return back void. The heaven and the earth will, heavens and the earth will pass away, but his word will not, what? Pass away. His word's not going to pass away. It will come back and it will not come back void. Cast your bread upon the waters and not many days it will come back to you as well. The law of the harvest is what we know we sow, we're going to reap later. The problem is, is that we don't get fast results. And when we don't get immediate results, we give up too quick. We give up too fast. You, do you understand what I'm talking about? Three, the first day you go to the gym, you put in an hour on the treadmill, and then after that you go step on the scale, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> right? Hijo, man, I'm tired already. One week. Come on. One week. You know what? It's not worth it. Right? Am I the only one that's ever thought that? <laughs> no results. As I quote a great minister that I really look up to, and I ask you the same question. Don't you want a little taste of the glory and see what it feels like? <laughs> For all of you Nacho Libre fans out there, you have to stick around long enough to taste Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. A one-pound weight loss tastes real good to me. The excitement of making progress. One answer of prayer means a lot to me. Because if it can happen once, it can happen again and again and again and again. Let, let, me, let me kind of shift that a little bit. If God healed you one time, God can heal you again and again and again. And did you know that there is no difference between God, no difference in power, no difference in power when God heals you from a headache but when God heals you from cancer? Same power, same power, same God, just different faith. If God paid off your bills and God gave you the money to pay your rent or pay your house payment, your car payment, whatever it may be, that's the same God. The same God that can give you favor with a new job or promotion or whatever it may be. My point this morning in the beginning of this introduction is, is that point number one, I'm going to go ahead and get right into it. I'm going to skip over a lot of my notes if you're following. 
you have to taste what you want. You have to taste what you want. You have to. Benjamin Franklin said this. He said, your net worth is the world, to the world is unusually determined by, by what remains after your bad habits have been subtracted from your good ones. If all you've had is bad habits and you've received the reward from that, you're going to keep doing that. The reward is the experience and the taste of it. That's why so many people have addictions. It's because they've tasted of something and they enjoyed it. And it is pleasurable. Even the Bible. Now, I'm not the sin police here, but I'm going to just simply tell you, even the scripture says that, that sin is pleasurable. It's, that's what the Bible says. It's, you know, it's true. Sin is pleasurable to this flesh. It's fun. But, the, but you reap darkness and isolation and you reap death you reap the negative results because and and just because we haven't got there yet we can't exempt the fact that that that's a dead end road but for the moment it seems so pleasurable and and that's what because it's easy as well it doesn't take much it doesn't take much to accomplish that kind of an experience you can go out right now and do something contrary to the Bible and it'd feel good. But you got to be like Moses when the Bible says that Moses, he decided not to be involved with the pleasures of sin for a season, but he separated himself unto God so he can be used by God. So your expectation, your expectation of God's reward and what it feels like and what it feels like to feel the the anointing of God and the favor of God and the results of God and the things that are transpiring in your life right now. So the question I'm asking you is, what have you experienced in this 21 days of fasting so far? Raise your hand if this applies to you. Have you felt God's presence more? Uh, raise your hand if this applies to you. Have you felt more peace in your life? Have you felt your faith go to another level? Those are the things that you have to learn how to enjoy and not just get satisfied with that one experience. You have to develop a desire for it again and say, I want more of that. There, you know, because God is really saying in the scripture, there is more where that came from. I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory, and that's unlimited. It's unlimited. So when God begins to offer us stuff like that from his, from, from his reserves, I don't care what your bank account looks like now, according to God's economy, you are way, way, way ahead. You are never in the black, in the, in the red, sorry. <laughs> Colorblind, I get my confused. So there are some things that happen here that have to become routine, right? I want more of his grace. I want more of his righteousness. I want more of his faith. Habits require a desire. Discipline begins with the desire. If you want to see change, because you desire change, and so you have to apply discipline, right? We all know that. But then desire has to be established. 
in the sense of having a true transformation. That's where the change is consistent, is developing a desire. The, the Lord said it like this, and the Bible says it like this. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of this world. Set your affections, much like setting the AC units in your home. You set them. How do you set your affection? You see, when you set it in your home, then you, you just accomplish consistency of ambient temperature, of temperature in your home. That's the consistency. Where did it come from? From you setting it. Well, favor is the same way. If you want favor consistently in your life, set your spirit Set your mind on the Lord. If you want peace in your life, the scripture says this, there is perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. Stayed on the Lord. Well, things are just so hectic right now. Where's your mind at? It doesn't matter. I know there are challenging circumstances, but I have found that in my most challenging moments in my family's life, in our life, God has never failed to give us a peace that passes all understanding. But let me, re let me just kind of tell you, it, you know, God in his graciousness will visit you with that kind of a peace even when you don't know what to do. But I believe a lot of what we experience in God is a product of what we did prior to that. I believe for the moment that we know, for example, for lack of better examples, we exhaust David in his moment with Goliath. But you know what? I think the only reason God allowed David to defeat Goliath is because prior to that, he was a worshiper. He was a lover of God. He had set himself to be selfless. And all he did was walk into an opportune moment of to something he already was. An overcomer. A champion that defeated the champion. There should never be a circumstance that approaches a child of God to cause them to lose out with God. Never. Doing something out of, sheer, out of pure discipline will only last so long. But when God puts a desire in your heart, it will help you reach your destination. It will drive you every single day. That's why David said, listen, he delivered me from my troubles. He heard my cry. This poor man, this humble man cried out and he heard me and his angels are there to protect me. Oh, taste and see. And he's telling everybody, hey, you need to experience God in this way. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good in my life. He was telling everybody about it. He was telling everyone, listen. God is good. It's not God's fault. God's not the reason for all the bad things happening in your life. There's something better than that. There's something grander than that. There's something more than that. And have you ever experienced the goodness of God? You know, the goodness of God will change your mind and your thinking. The goodness of God will change your mind and change your thinking. The scripture says the goodness of God leads to repentance. If you really want to maintain or have change in your life, if you're not happy with even who you are, you should be happy with who you are, but you're not happy about the attitude that you have right now. You should celebrate who you are. You know, there is no one else like you in this entire world. God made you wonderfully and fearfully. 
You have gifts in your life that no one else has. You have a perspective that no one else has. You have an intelligence that no one else has. God's gifted you with that. There are talents in this building. There are many sermons that have not been preached in people's hearts. There are many books that have not been written in people's hearts. There are so many of you that have potential. The one thing that ruins it is the lack of experience of God's goodness. To build and to transform your life to change. There's so much to this. Oh, taste. Taste. So now the question is, how many of you have tasted that kind of goodness in your life? Come on, do you know what it tastes like? Come on, how many of you can testify right now? How many of you can testify? Do you know what the goodness of God tastes like right now? You're way ahead than most people are in the entire world. If you've ever tasted of God, listen, there's more where that came from. It's not hard to kick a bad habit. You know how you get rid of a habit? You replace it with a new one. You know how you get rid of an old desire? You replace it with a new one. You starve the old one out, don't feed it, and then you feed the new one. And you got to be determined every single day, I'm going to experience God today. I want to hear from God today. I want to do God's will today. I want him to put me. <laughs> God's better than Google marketing. He'll put you at the right place at the right time in front of the right person. That, you may not all understand that, but you know, that's what great marketing is, putting something in the right place at the right time in front of the right person. God can put you at the right place at the right time for the person you were meant to connect with, network with. I don't believe in working your way hard to the top. I believe in networking your way to the top because life moves at the speed of relationships. When you meet, for example, when you meet Jesus, everything changes. Right? Your life couldn't have changed unless you met somebody who could change it. Oh, boy, I'm about to go down a rabbit trail. I'm gonna... ah. Well, I'm going to do it anyways. The staff are going to yell at me later, but I'm going to do it anyway. Sometimes you have to get rid of the people that are keeping you down in your life because it may not be you. It just may be the company you keep with certain people, you know. Corrupt company ruins good men. And as hard as you're trying right now to do what's right, one of these days you're going to have to realize that you can't take everybody with you that you're going to have to make up in your mind, just like Moses made up in his mind. Now, Joshua was allowed to go halfway up the mountain, but only Moses could go all the way up to the top. There's only one time in the scripture I ever heard and seen that Jesus took his disciples with him to prayer. It's when he went on the mountain called Transfiguration, Mount Transfiguration. He took three disciples with him. And when he went up, when he went up there, there was, a, there was a conversation. Jesus, he transformed in front of them. He transformed in front of him. He, his, his clothing glistened, and, and he had a conversation with Elijah and with Moses. And when Peter saw that, he looked at him, and he said, oh, my God. He was so, he, was, he didn't know what to do. His, his mental capacity couldn't handle it. 
So he said something dumb like, oh, my God, we need to build a church right here. We need to be three ta- build three tabernacles right here, one for you, Lord, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. It's like, you know, just so random. And then Jesus finally looked at him, and he said, what you saw here, don't tell anybody else. Don't share it with no one until after I'm gone. But I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you now so you can teach it later. The whole purpose of my life is to disciple you 12 to make an impact on the world, but you're going to go out and turn the world upside down. And I want you to know that all those times, and if you read between the lines, this is what I think the message was, partly, not all of it, but partly. All those times you saw me going away by myself, all those times you hear about me getting up, you know, not getting any sleep. Scripture says Jesus went away in a secret place most of the time to a mountain, secluded himself, prayed to the Father. He did that. That was his lifestyle. He was consistent. He was in something. He developed something in his life. And all those moments led to this one moment, and he finally showed the disciples what was really happening. He said, in other words, your prayer life is not in vain. You saw me walk away. You've never seen it before, but this time I allowed you. Because of consistency, I have these experiences. Don't tell nobody. But remember, the same spirit that is in me is going to be in you. And greater work shall you do. You have the same ability to not, say per se, have a manifestation of Moses and Elijah. Now, if somebody came up to me during church and said, hey, Pastor Bobby, I had a, I'd had a visitation from Moses and Elijah. I don't doubt it. But you better be, you better be saying the truth or you better be praying before that. You just can't go out, for example, and live life like a devil, right? You just can't go out there and post on Facebook, oh, kicking it up with my friends over here tonight. And the next day I had a, I got visited by Moses and Elijah last night, Pastor Bob. Your life better be consistent if you're going to have any kind of persuasion with me. That's all I'm saying. Because God doesn't visit people. You know, God is not looking for a girlfriend. God's looking for a wife. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody that he just don't come and see him on the weekends. God is not looking for a weekend romance. Not, God's not looking for somebody who will say hi on a Wednesday. God is looking for somebody that will walk with him day in and day out. And those kind of experiences don't happen unless you have been consistent with God. Now, let's get off of that for a moment because I think I went too far on the right. Now, here's what, I, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. What I'm trying to tell you is if you want any kind of experience from God in your life or know that God is real, God can do it, you have to learn the art of consistency. Let's be practical about spirituality because we can put on spirituality so strong that we forget the practical side of it. The practical side is is that you have to learn how to be disciplined. Learn how to put God into your schedule because we are so good at setting schedules. Everyone I know is involved with, and I, I, I don't know one person that's super busy in their life that doesn't have Google Calendar. So we now 
how to schedule things, but we don't include God into it. Be practical with God, folks. Be practical with God and include God in all that you're doing. Once you have tasted of God's goodness, you start to crave it, and that craving drives you to have it again and again and again. And once you've had one experience, there is nobody that can come into your life to change your mind. There's nobody in no circumstance, no trouble that can come into your life and detour you or make you feel like you're going down the wrong path. I'm telling you that once you get it settled in your heart, no one can stop you, not even the devil. No one but you. So, so David said, listen, oh, taste and see the Lord is good. But he said that out of a life of trouble. He had a past. And that's another factor that stops us from moving forward. Point number two and the last point is your past makes sense when your heart is right. Your past makes sense when your heart is right. Looking back, you understand, oh, you know what? That's what God was doing. That's why that happened. I wondered why that didn't work out. It wasn't a denial. It was simply a delay. God said no because he had something better. If God ever tells you no, that just simply means he has something better. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you are going through something right now that just doesn't make sense? How many of you are going through something that just doesn't make sense or gone through something that doesn't make sense? Or you felt like God let you down? Or you felt like, oh my God, this, this isn't supposed to work out this way. Someone said that life is like a pencil being drawn out on a canvas without an eraser. That's what somebody, I've heard somebody say that before. Life is like a pen, like Life is like a pencil without an eraser. And, and, I, and I've been there before, you know. Sometimes you can just, this is what life looks like sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Things are happening. You're making decisions. And you don't know exactly what's going on. Looking back, you're, th- you're wondering, what in the world is this? I don't, you know, what's happening here? I look back, that doesn't make any sense. My life is a mess right now. The problem is, and what has been in life, is that there's been no consistency. Or maybe you have been climbing up the wrong wall or heading down the wrong road, and when you look back, it just doesn't make sense. I don't understand. But the moment you start to line yourself up with God, During these 21 days, it was an opportunity for everyone to realign themselves up with God. Because it's happened before. We can hear from God, but yet still make the wrong decisions. We make mistakes and things get confusing. To me, that right there, that looks like the life of Abraham. Right? God said, I'm going to give you a son. All right? He got with Hagar. He had Ishmael. Sarah was mad. He wanted to kick her out. Family dysfunction. Hagar was just a, 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 just a maid, just a bond servant, a bond woman. 
Now he has his child, and now there's jealousy in the home. Looking back, Abraham's like, man, my past looks all messed up. This does not make sense. Of course it doesn't. Well, you made a mistake. Now bless Ishmael, God, and God bless Ishmael. Then finally, he had some pep in his step. The sparkle came back, and he had a baby with Sarah. And then they had Isaac. And God said, I'm going to make you fruitful. I'm going to cause you to multiply. How many of you want fruitfulness in your life? Multiplication. Because lots of times it seems like the seed that we sow doesn't produce any fruit. And looking back, it just looks like a big mess. You know, have you ever seen a, a, a farmland before it produces fruit? They have to till the ground. They break up the clods. They have to sow the seed. Everything looks like a mess before the harvest. But when the harvest comes, they start producing fruit. And the benefits of that, then, you make, then it makes sense. Looking back in a moment, it doesn't make sense. But there comes a time when, it's, when you have patience and you're consistent and you wait. I have the worst green thumb probably in this building. Well, you really, I, I mean, I'm telling you right now, I couldn't grow weeds in a pot. Years ago, I did an illustration on a lime tree, and I talked about fruit, and I told the whole congregation, I'm fixing to plant that tree in my yard, pray for me. And you guessed it, I don't have it anymore. Didn't work out. It's not my thing. It's not my calling. I'm, I'm not the best at it. Someone gave to me one time a, a little nice little tree bush for my office. It was really nice to you know to put on my on my office and you know where I work and and um, I got it and I was so thankful. And but in the back of my mind, I go, Oh my gosh, she does not know that I'm not very good with those things. I don't care how simple the instructions are. I'm just not good at that kind of stuff. It wasn't two weeks. I buried it. <laughs> Didn't work out. But for some reason in my life, when I got involved with what God wanted me to do, I've seen fruit produce. For example, this church started off with four people in my small little home in the country. Now we're about 400. Look around you right now. This started with four people. Four people. Now I didn't know about organizations like ARC or different places that had strategy and no network. I had no networks, had no people, didn't have anything. We did things the old-fashioned way. We fasted and prayed. We didn't have any guidance, any direction. Now I've got pastors in my life. Now I have networks. Now I know people. But regardless of who you know, sometimes it's knowing him above all things. I need to do what he says to do so I can produce fruit in my life. So, so now when I look back, I realize, you know what? Everything I've been through in my life, everything, I, when I look back very closely, I can just look and I can say, you know what? It has a little bit of something in there. I can see some images in there. 
I see some things that are starting to make sense. I didn't understand how and why I went through all of that pain. I didn't know why that business deal didn't work out. I don't know why I had to have an argument with that person. But now that I look back, they say hindsight is 2020. And you know what? I understand it now. Because out of all that trouble, out of all that chaos, God was doing something that I couldn't see. God was making something happen I didn't understand. And now I know that God is good, and he's good all the time. So when I see now, now I know God is producing fruit in my life. You can't see it now. You can't see it now. It doesn't make sense. But it will make sense down the road once you start lining yourself up with God and getting consistent with him. Even the past, God can change and work out for your good. And this is what the scripture says. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And everything you've ever sown in your life, God said, God, I'm not mocked. God said, I'm not going to have anybody mock me. I can take the past, and I can produce fruit out of that. All you've got to do is just start turning your heart towards me right now. Oh, no, wait a minute. Now I know why I had a fight in that relationship, because I was going to mend with them and forgive them, and that relationship was going to become stronger than what it ever has been before. Now I know why things didn't work out with that business partner, because God had a better opportunity for me. Now I understand why I didn't get the praise I was supposed to get, because God had another job for me. It makes sense now. I don't know why I went through all that trouble. Come on, Joseph. Come on, Joseph. You know, look at this. You know what? Let's do the whole thing over. Joseph, can I play a little bit more? Oh, we have to go? We can go. You want, okay, here, we're going we're gonna to do this real quick. <laughs> I love doing this kind of stuff, man. Let's see. Joseph thrown into prison. Nothing's happening. Nothing's working out. My family left me. My family doesn't care about me. God gave me a great foundation. God gave me a great dream. God gave me visions. He told me that my harvest would be better and bigger and stronger. He said that he would exalt my position and I would lead my family and help my family. And I want my family to be blessed. See, I think Joseph's heart was, was in his intent was right. But then all of a sudden, there was jealousy that rose up, and he got thrown into a pit. Every one of them hated him. Even his parents were upset with him for a little while, and his life looked like this, a mess. But you know what it took for God to get Joseph lined up? Isolation. Separation. God couldn't do it around his family because there was too much drama in his family. Joseph had more peace in prison than he did in his own family. That's why most people find Jesus in prison, because they finally slow down and get focused. 
Then once they come out, it's hard for them to maintain that because they begin to get involved with drama and all the difficulties and everything else. But sometimes God needs to just slow you down, get your attention, and help you get focused. And so Joseph got betrayed. He was lied on by Potiphar's wife, and then he was thrown into prison. And then he even started to find his direction again. He found favor with God. His heart was right. He had favor all the way through. Even in prison, the guards, the warden put him over everyone else. And then he would operate in the gifts he would operate in the supernatural in prison. He interpreted dreams. And then he said, hey, don't forget about me. Have you ever had anybody let you down? Put in a good word for me. Man, you got it. You're number one and a half. Put in a word for me. Hey, you hiring? Oh, yeah, we are. Put in a word for me. No problem. No problem. You ever had felt let down? Joseph knew what it was to be let down. But you know what? God wanted it to be that way so he can realize that he'll never let him down. That's the flip side. The flip side of, the flip side of, 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 of hardship is the fact that God helps you realize your sonship. That's the flip side. Then looking back, you realize, hold on a second. All of that in Joseph's life, are you ready now? All of that, I sound like Bob Ross, are you ready now? <laughs> Did it not sound like Bob Ross? What is going on? Here's what was happening. In that moment, he didn't realize it. Why did Potterford wife do that to me why did she lie on me like that that wasn't right well you know God knew it wasn't right and God saw the whole thing God knew exactly what was going to happen he didn't understand it but God did and all that was and all that was happening was nothing more than a launching pad that was going to take Joseph to another whole level to help him realize that all they were going to do was help blast him off to his ministry. Now it makes sense. So, so the trouble became a launching pad for Joseph's ministry, and it was going to launch him to another era where he was now going to have his family experience something good in their life. And he, if he hadn't gotten into that position, he would have never been into his new position that was going to save them during the seven years of famine. It was nothing more than a launching pad. Do you realize that the trouble you've gone through in your life will now turn to something that's going to go underneath you and propel you the moment you make up your mind that I'm going to serve God, I'm going to be consistent with God, I'm going to keep on praying to God, God's going to turn things around in my life, and there's nothing that can stop it. That's the whole purpose. That's what God is trying to do. Let me leave you with this. Haley, come on up. Let me leave you with this. This is why David said, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. And be glad. 
You've got to believe for big changes. Let me leave you with this. Making big changes can be scary, but also living, re- living with regret can be worse. It's worse. Living with regret of why I've not made the change or been consistent. Do you want to make sense of your past? Let God do something with your present. Then you'll start realizing, this is why I went through what I went through. And at the whole entire time, God's just been waiting for you to be obedient. You're not waiting up on God. God's waiting up on you. How many of you want to have new habits this year and stay consistent this year? I'm telling you. Come on, stand to your feet. We're believing God for a new 2000. And 19, a transformed life, a life that will be completely different, a life that will be completely transformed by consistency. It doesn't matter what happened last year. Let's take the time frames off. Let's take the numbers, the years, and all this stuff off. Let's just look at life as just one continuous equation and realize that year after year, things have not been working out. But this year, All the other years are going to be a launching pad to our life. But this year, we're going to look back and all the seeds we sowed and all those years, we're going to reap them this year. The moment our obedience is fulfilled is the moment that God can take the past Take even the present and work all things out for your good. That's the power of God transformed how to keep it, to get a desire. So let's pray for that right now. Let's pray that. Lift up your hands. Let me agree with you. Let's exalt his name together. Father, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, we pray for desire to captivate our hearts. God, put a fresh fire inside of our spirit. Lord, put a fresh fire inside of our minds, Lord, and make us driven, driven with passion, driven with expectation, driven, God. Oh, taste. Let us taste of your goodness, God. Let us taste your goodness. Give us an appetite, Father, right now for the things of God. In Jesus' name, say, I receive it right now. Say, put an appetite inside of me. Stir up this gift inside of me, God, right now. Come on, lift up your hands and surrender to him. Come on, lift up your hands and your hearts and surrender to him right now. Say, change me, Jesus. Put something inside of me. Let the consistency of God come. Let it come. Let it come. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you right now. Now put your right hand, put it right here on your head. Put it right here on your your mind. Put it right here and say, Father, in Jesus' name, every thought, every word, it's going to be pleasing to you. I cast down all imaginations and all fears and all worry and all frustration. And I say in Jesus' name, it must change now, now, 
Amen. Now give God some praise. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.